Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Alex B. Podcast. It's Sunday night. We're going to recap the Colts game and talk about Antonio Brown. First, I'm going to play some music to lighten the mood, and we'll be back with Miles and another Colts catastrophe. Sadly, it's all coming up next on the Alex B. Podcast.
Welcome back to the Alex B Podcast. I figured I'd, I'd start it off with some music before we jump into the business. And before we jump into the business at hand, I sent Miles some pictures that are fucking my... This has to do with the NFL, so we're not totally off base here. Um, Antonio Brown, like, dude, what is going on? Like, do you think there's something wrong with it? I mean, it almost, he almost reminds me of, like... You know, back when Terrell Owens and, and Ocho Cinco, those guys used to stunt, they never even did shit like this. I mean, what what's his deal? Now, I sent you pictures. There's two pictures. He's, like, showing his ass off in the pool, and there's one picture where he's grabbing his junk, and it looks like it's, like, 50 feet long. Like, I, you can't not notice. What is his deal? Like, uh, he's never going to get back back in the NFL, is he? I Well, first of all, I, I, don't, I don't think so. And second of all, like, you know, there's always a diva complex to these top wide receivers, kind of like, you know, what you were alluding to with T.O. and Keyshawn Johnson, Michael Irvin. They all they all have that. It's kind of like the same thing you get with a lot of lead singers and bands, whether yeah. they're local bands or their worldwide famous lead singer disease. Yep. Um, you know, they, they, they're in the spotlight. And, you know, part of what makes them good at what they do is the fact that they're divas and they love the spotlight. And that's why they make those spectacular over the head, one handed grabs like Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Um, This is this is, you know, Chad Johnson and and Terrell Owens were kind of the most notorious because you had guys like Michael Irvin who were just assholes. Right, right, right. Um, And Terrell Owens, believe it or not, is kind of funny. I watch his like his reality show. He's really a funny dude when, you know, he's actually kind of a funny guy. But I don't think, as we've talked about previous, I don't think the NFL wants anybody out there showboating and distracting from the game at hand. Well, you're 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 right. Um, but the thing with with To and Ocho Cinco, those guys, they did it almost in an entertaining fashion. Yeah, I, I'm I'm legitimately concerned for Antonio Brown's mental health. Like there so is, am I. These pictures, doubt. this is very crazy because, I mean, you know, you could you could risk like you know almost you know almost a, a, an assault charge because you're 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 displaying yourself, and you know you're showing off your butt, and it's just like. You know, and it's just here's what's really funny because you got this chick that's taking a picture and she thinks it's funny, and then when it goes too far, it's like, oh no, you know. And I feel I feel sorry for this guy. I think somebody really needs, you know, much like Kanye West. I've said this before because Kanye West, when 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 he was just a producer before he became a rapper, was was genius. And yeah, and and then now it's like you look at some of the stuff and go, you know, some, something there's something deeper in the layer, man. I hope he gets the help, or I hope he's got some handlers or somebody. Because this latest stunt where he's literally, there's pictures on TMZ where he's, you know, he's showing off his junk and he's, you know, he he put his ass on some chick's face or whatever. And I don't know, man. I just, I hope there's nothing deeply wrong because the, what, didn't, one guy just got fired for misdiagnosing a concussion, right? That was, uh, I can't think of the name. Yeah, yeah, with the, Tua, with the Tua situation. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Brown hasn't been the same since he took that big hit, you know, I think it was like four or five years ago. He was still in Pittsburgh at the time. Um, you know, and that's, you know, he was always, you know, like the typical wide receiver diva, but it seemed like things went quickly downhill in Pittsburgh. And then, you know, obviously we know what happened in Tampa last year with them walking off, literally in the just of walked the off right in the middle of the game, took his, took his Jersey off yeah. and bounced. And I just hope somebody has, has done some type of scan or there's something because I would hate for this to fall back 
on his team, yeah. on his team. That's you know wherever team he was playing at when this first started, because there really needs to be some type of aftercare and some type of you know whether you know something to, that that looks in for these guys because I would hate for this to be something that was a result of the sport that can that can hopefully doesn't get him killed because it really is it's disturbing. I mean I know a lot of people think it's funny, haha, but this last one, you know, when I looked at, it, I'm like, man, Jesus, like what what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's 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 hard to really explain. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think he's not a piece of shit as a human. Right. Um, but I don't think he's a piece of shit to the degree that he's been a piece of shit. I think there is something severely wrong uh, with his brain following that big hit he took in Pittsburgh a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's a shame because. Uh, he literally is one of the top most talented wide receivers that ever played the game, you know, previous to that hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you hate to see that, you know, and, and the first thing you immediately think of is the junior say situation. Yeah. Um, that was scary, and, man. And, I mean, they missed, they, they, yeah. you know, they, they fucked that one up and here's a guy who hopefully does not have any long-term, you know, long-term injury slash damage. Because you know they were, hey, let's go ahead and put them out there. And I just, I think I, there there needs to be better protection for the players. I, a lot is going to change over the coming months as far as the protection of the and the concussion protocols. Uh, you know, just because of what happened with Tua, I mean, that whole scenario was absolutely insane. Uh, he should have never come back in the Bills game. I mean, no. he stumbles and falls down, and they're like, "Oh, it's a back and ankle injury." No, dude, I've been knocked silly both accidentally and intentionally. And that's how you stumble after you've been knocked silly. Um, You know, and then for him to go out five days later on the Thursday night football game and you watch that hit and it was a, it was a rough hit, but it's not the kind of hit that should curl you up the way it did him. That was, that was all 100% because there was existing damage that hadn't had time enough to repair yet. And they just had it. And and we're really lucky. We're really lucky we're we're not talking you know today about you know him being a vegetable or or worse dead, um you know it, it's it's miraculous that that you know he uh he's doing as well as he's doing and 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 obviously he wants to get back on the field he's a competitor but you know it, it's like one faux pas by after another by Miami they had a lot of off season issues they lost some draft picks because they violated a ton of rules. Um, you know, they, they secretly met with Tom Brady before yeah. he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like there's, they're under fire for so much. And then this happens and it, it's like, it's like when your kid does something stupid and while they're getting in trouble, they do something else stupid. Yeah. They put him on the fucking plane and sent him on a plane ride, uh, hours after he got the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. Uh, that takes, it just so, takes the credibility away. Yeah. It takes the credibility you, you should away. should not be, uh, so, so you fucked up by putting him in the game and all of the deflecting that's going along with that. Uh, and then you put him on a plane with a concussion. Yeah. You can't, hours you, can't later. Yeah, you can't just blame one doctor. It's like, there's, there's people higher up. Um, same thing when, you know, when, when luck was injured, remember how they were trying to, you know, Colts were trying to hide that, you know, put him yeah. out there knowing they shouldn't have. And you know, but that same, wasn't a head injury. Right. True. True. Yeah. This is, a, this is an entirely different thing. It's irresponsible to put a play, injured player out on the field if they're dealing with uh, an ACL or even a spleen in Andrew Luck's case at one point. Right. Um, but but to put someone on the field in, 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 if not the most, one of the most violent sports uh, out there uh, with a head injury to the degree that he had already had that quickly, that's that's on the doctors. 
that's on the coaches that's on the medical staff yeah. um and to me it rolls all the way up to the owner absolutely uh, who to me uh, you know ross is not the most you know honorable guy in the first place see my previous statements about the offseason and several other shady things he's done right in the decades he's owned the dolphins but it would not surprise me if ross reached into his pocket and paid off the doctors to say hey Tell him to his injury is in a concussion and there's, clear him through. There's protocols. no, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm, I'm, it would, it would not surprise. There's me. more than meets the eye. There is definitely more than meets the eye. I would, I would not be surprised. I am also convinced, as before we, as this is a great way to second the next story. I'm almost convinced that Nick Cannon will probably have more babies than Colts will put up points. I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that he will have more babies because <laughs> you know he's like a number ten. Uh, I, I, I guess I could start with saying what happened because that's usually how I could get you fired up. Um, I could say I did not watch the game. Um, I, I always watch your feed on social media because I always can gauge the temperature of how it's going to be when we have this uh, have this little interaction. Everybody, I, I, I looked on Twitter. Let me tell you something. Dave Calabro was talking mad shit, and normally he's kind of like a middle-of-the-road guy, and I jumped on Twitter. Let me see if I can find uh, Calabro's tweet. And normally, like, Calabro doesn't get, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah, try he's to he's a level-headed guy. He's a level-headed guy. Let me try to figure out where the fuck it's at. But he even said, hey, um, hold on. I'm trying to find this because he was, normally he doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk mad shit like that. And he was like, hey, man, you know, this is like, you guys are fucking blowing it. Where's uh, Calabro? Okay, Calabro says, uh, da, 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 da. Colts can't dig themselves out of the slow start. 24 to 17, the final. Three turnovers and just bad football. Complete report at 6 p.m. unless you're lost all interest. And Oh, wow. Yeah. That last line. Yeah. Savage and, for Dave. And, and Dave's not normally like that. There's some guy responded back no. says, like a broken recorder, we did not play well in all three phases. We'll have to go back and look at the tape, blah, blah, blah. Talent being wasted. Colts fans tired of waiting until next year. Changes need to be made tomorrow during the visit to Mr. Ursay's office. And, and this is um, just a random fan that says Yeah, that. random fan. There's another random fan that says, if Jonathan yeah. Taylor misses significant time, the Colts might legitimately end up being the worst team in football. It's okay, though, because as per Colts tradition, they would be getting the first overall pick just in time for a good quarterback class, comma, again. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's do you a echo lot, these sentiments? There's a lot to unpack. I, um, the short answer, uh, yeah. Um, I was pretty quiet today on social media yeah, for I a noticed, couple yeah. of reasons. Number one, um, I'm tired of posting the same thing time after time. And number two, <laughs> it's almost a cut. You're uh, almost at a cut and paste point with this team. Yeah, yeah. Number number two, I, I've had a couple different people be like, "Hey, yo, chill out." You like post never, and then you post like 200 times in a three hour period. So, well, fuck them. Uh, it's your social media. It, fuck them. That's well, what that's, I say. In, in, in all fairness, that's what Twitter is for. So maybe right. I shall take my my bitching and complaining to Twitter yeah. or my analysis. I wish it wasn't bitching and complaining, right. but. Let's unpack all that shit you just rolled out, man, yep. because uh, first of all, for Calabro to make a little man. snide remark at the end of that tweet. that Calabro, um, Calabro throwing the shade, and like I said, normally that's, yeah. that shit's for like Robin Miller and some of these other douchebags that actually, you know, right. It's normally, normally the TV guys don't rest, do that. But Rest in peace, Robin. Yes, rest in peace, Robin. Like those kind of guys actually like fed it, you know, faced it head on. For Calabro, man, you could definitely tell there's some frustration going on in the city. It's it's across the media, man, and it's it's been brewing for you know weeks. Tomorrow is going to be a really interesting day as far as media goes. I can't wait to listen to Dockage and oh Dockage 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 does the time. Yeah, Dockage gives. I can't gives, wait. He gives no, he gives zero fucks when he goes in. I 
I can't wait to listen to John. I already know what John's going to say because he's been saying the same thing since week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same things that I've been saying, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the morning show with Bowen and 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 Query, or it's going to be. Uh, I mean, it, it, dude, it's going to be off the rails here tomorrow. And you know, first of all, seventeen to twenty-four, the score was a lot closer than the game was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly don't know how much that is the Colts played better or how much the Titans played worse. Right. I mean, the Titans have scored seven points in the second half all season long. Um, you know, so the sun shines on the dog's ass a couple times. The Colts get it within a, a touchdown. The defense makes a couple of decent stops, mm-hmm. but Tennessee mostly shoots its, itself in the foot, just like Kansas city did, um, you know, last week we, we, I mean, that win is more and more looking like pure luck than anything. It else, really is, from especially today. Things where it bounced the right way, you know, you don't come off of a win that big and have an absolute turd of a first half like the Colts had. Um, you know, beating, you know, to avoid beating the the, the same damn drum I, I've beaten. It feels like since we started the show. Um, you, you know, it, it's it, it's there's no preparation. There's no energy. There's no emotion. There's no confidence. There's no conviction. There's no leadership. Um, you, you, you know, and uh, it, I think one of the biggest tells, you know, let's let's focus on something other than Frank, because I, I again, I can only say the same things I've said time after time so many times. Um, but, you know, a couple different points off of Frank. Number one, what the hell is going on with this O-line? I, I, the, the, when the Colts were successful today was when the O-line actually gave Matt Ryan time. And, yes, Matt needs to get a lot better at his ball security. Nine fumbles in four games Oof. is fucking atrocious. Yeah. Um, but when you're only getting a second and a half, uh, you can't really get ready for a hit like that. When you're, when you're 40 years old and you're getting hit 14, 15, 16 times a game um, – you know, that's uh, whew, that's rough. I mean, to put this into perspective, Matt Ryan is getting hit, not necessarily sacked, but hit almost as many times in a game as Peyton Manning got sacked in a season. Oh, my. That that should put that entirely into perspective. And, and Matt Ryan deserves to shoulder some of the blame. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but there's a lot of hate like Carson Wentz type hate. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming coming out for him from all directions. And, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, I never thought he was going to be the guy. He's a 38-year-old quarterback who hasn't really had a, a good year since, you know, Julio Jones left the organization, um, at very least, if not even before then. Uh, you know, we I was hoping game manager and improvement on what we have. And when you give the man time in the pocket, he throws strikes. Yeah. But he's not mobile. He never has been. Even when he was younger and more athletic, he wasn't mobile then. He's not mobile now. That means you have to protect him. And when you have the highest paid offensive line in the league and your top running back in the league can't get more than two yards on any of his attempts, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Taylor falls forward for two yards most of the time. Right. You give him one block and it's four or five yards. So the fact that he had, I think it was four runs for negative yards today. Mm, Jesus. Um you know, and, and you know, you, you, you combo that with, um, you know, the amount of sacks and pressures and knockdowns that this offensive line is giving. That That is the biggest, most glaring problem outside of coaching, mm-hmm. um, which leads me to the second point that I kind of referenced. I'm going to go down a road I haven't really gone down before. As a matter of fact, 
uh, I've been uh, an opponent of this view, um, but I think we need to start not just thinking about moving on past Frank. I think we need to start thinking about moving on past Chris Ballard. I think you're right. Um, and, and, you know, it's the, – the man is phenomenal at the things he's phenomenal at. Some of the picks he's pulled out of the draft, you know, Shaq Leonard is a great example, and that's a whole different topic for us to talk about right now with what's going on with him. Right. But, I mean, he was a great pick. JT was a great pick. Quentin Nelson was a great pick, but a piss-poor re-sign. Like, you know, you look at some of the things that he's done, and it's spectacular. But when you look at the grand work of what this team has become it's a D- minus. six years of him, yeah, it's a D- at, minus. Best, at, b- at best, uh, I, at best, you know, you can only tell me that this guy is the master drafter so many times before I'm like, okay, so if he's the master drafter six years in, shouldn't we be seeing some success? Yeah. Why are we on our fourth quarterback in four years? Yeah. Don't That's, you yeah, think that, he should be drafting that position? Yeah, you, um, you can only rest you know, on laurels for so much or whatever. And like you said, you could you could be good at some things or whatever, but then when you unravel the big picture, it's like, okay, good, man, got these cool-ass drafts. But like you said, here we are four years later, four quarterbacks, you know, we, we everybody danced around, I'm sure, and fucking celebrated over beating the Chiefs, and then we get, you know, we fucking lose to the Titans the following week. So, like you said, I think it, it, it does, you know, they always say shit rolls downhill, but in this, in this particular case, it also has to go up the ladder because you can't blame it all on Frank when Ballard's given him these tools to work with and, you know, direction, I'm sure, to an extent, and then not only whatever Jim's thrown in there, like, come on, guys, y'all got to get on the same page. I don't think they're even, I don't think they're even the same book at this point. No, the biggest the biggest issue right now that that really leans me towards okay, it's time to really start thinking about is Chris Ballard the right guy? Um, you know, this off season, uh, there were three areas of need that absolutely had to be addressed: quarterback, left tackle, and wide receiver, and technically defensive backs. And to his credit, he went out and got Gilmore. He made the trade for Yannick Ngakwe, and both of those guys have been getting better. I, I know I bitched about Ngakwe a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's starting to show signs, but again, he was supposed to be the second coming of Robert Mathis when we traded for him. So, you know, like, but the biggest glaring things that I see is, is, is I see, we didn't draft a left tackle. We have prior out there. This guy is a turnstile. Yeah. We, uh, signed a 38 year old quarterback or traded for a 38 year old quarterback. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I will admit I was excited about Ryan because, you know, he reminds me a lot of Peyton. We even talked about that in the preseason uh, episode that we did, um, you know, but here's the thing. You start looking at the other quarterbacks uh, that were out there and younger that, that we had a shot at. And, and you know, there's, there's no real difference. If, if nothing else, they're playing better. Um, and again, I don't necessarily blame Matt Ryan for anything other than the fact that a 38 year old man that's been in the league for 14 years should know how to keep the ball secure. Um, he, he's not got time. And when he's been given time, he's played pretty damn well. Um, but, you know, he's not mobile and people need to quit expecting him to be able to drop outside of the pocket. Uh, but, you know, you can only play with the deck that you're dealt. And unfortunately, the deck that he's dealt right now is. No receivers aside from Pittman. Jelani Woods continues to try start to step up. Mo Alley Cox had a good day. That's probably his one good game for the year. Um, you know, the running game is non-existent because the line can't block. Uh, there, there's just there's just so many problems. And and at this point, um, 
you know, I, I, I hate to be doom and gloom after week four. But but, but it, it, it's justified. It, it, it really is justified. Yeah. Well, there's this, there's this point in my head where I'm like, okay, well, maybe the time to make the moves on Frank and Chris isn't until the end of the year. Yeah, until we get that Go draft ahead, pick. Go let and them then... drive this thing into a tree, <laughs> get a top three draft pick. Right. You know, I mean, this, this class that is coming out is very heavy on quarterbacks. I mean, there's going to be a lot of potential franchise quarterbacks out there, at least three or four, if not five or six. So you may see for the first time in the history of the NFL the first six picks be a quarterback or a trade back. Uh, the only reason a team's not taking a quarterback in the first 10 or 15 picks if they're there is if they don't need one. Right. That's how good this class is. So, you know, maybe we just ride out, Frank. But the worst thing that can happen to this team right now, to be honest with you, is what happened last week. And I said it when when we won. I said it before we started talking about that game yep. the week prior. I was afraid that a win in Kansas City would do nothing but mask the issues. Yeah, and it did. It definitely did. It didn't as much as I thought it would because it was still a piss poor coached game. Yeah, I'm looking. You know, at, it's it makes me nervous. I'm saw, seeing one of these headlines. What about if Taylor doesn't play Thursday? They're talking about this ankle injury. What a, is that going to make that much of a difference? I mean, are, are we further doomed? We've all talked about nothing can rest on one person, but they're saying that uh, maybe he's unsure of the status for Thursday Night Football. Here's, here's the thing. First of all, I don't expect him to play. I've had high ankle sprains before. He may not even be able to put full weight on it by Thursday. Um, so I would just assume that he is not going to play Thursday. That's just not enough time to heal. Um it's it's just not and there are other capable backs in Naheem Hines uh they'll probably sign someone off the practice squad mm-hmm. or or some sort of a free agent out there but I mean I don't remember what Taylor's final numbers were today but he averaged like less than two yards of carry uh-huh. it, it doesn't matter if Walter Payton was back there yeah. this week if the line's not going to block for him I mean Barry Sanders is such a great example of of, of what I'm talking about here, my dad used to say that Barry Sanders was the most exciting two-yard loss in the history of the NFL. He'd make <laughs> 10 or 11 guys miss, but still take a two-yard loss because literally nobody was blocking for him. Yeah, And that's what's going on here. You watch these $15, $20 million a year linemen miss the most simple of blocking assignments. Uh, um, you know, And to me, we know most of these guys, like I said last week, can play. It points again towards coaching, and I, I hate to keep coming back to that, but you know, I I believe that the the biggest problem in each phase right now is the the guy calling the plays and teaching these guys what they're doing. Yep, I see another you know, headline. Frank in the offense. Frank, he's got to do something. He's got to do something. Yeah, the offensive line coach is obviously a problem, and to be honest with you, I've been very disappointed in Gus Bradley's defense. Very, very. Just to, not not just the way they're performing, but the 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 way he's calling plays on the field right he made some great adjustments in the kansas city game but other than that he keeps playing this soft cover two cover three type defense and that's just not going to work in today's nfl it's not listen to this headline it says here uh this is via the score uh ryan on pace to shatter season fumble record ouch Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. That's fucking rough, man. Like that's where this is. You can always tell those independent news sources that are trying to get like you know their five minutes on ESPN to like write you know like collaborate with the shit he was saying. But yeah, Ryan on pace to shatter season fumble record. 
That's not I mean, good. He is. That's not that good to have that kind of headline out there. It really isn't. I, I mean, you're pacing right now, 36 fumbles and 12 fumbles lost. I mean, it's not going to continue at that pace, God, I hope. Yeah, but geez. you know, and and again, that that is a combination of the line play and Matt Ryan not doing one of the most fundamental things in football, and that's to put two hands on the ball as you're getting hit. You mm. can't carry it like a loaf of bread. You you have you have to squeeze it. Yeah, you're not going to the grocery store, bro. Because right now we're what third in the AFC South. We're one, two, and one. We played the Broncos on Thursday, Thursday night football. I don't know if that's enough time to recover. Or not just say recover. Okay, so let's play a quick game as we wrap this up. If you're let's let's do let's do some role playing because I'm sure you've done role playing your time, you little freak. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> let's pretend you're Jim Ursay. It's mm-hmm. seven a.m. You're in the meeting room at Fifty Sixth Street. If you had to write Jim Ursay's script, what would he say? Okay, so first of all, I need to clarify your question. Uh, <laughs> Am I doing what I would do in Zimmer safety or do should I do what I think Ursay is going to do because he's Jim Ursay? Um, I think you do. I think you do a short version of both because I, I always like to hear your perspective on that. First of all, okay. if, if you're Jim Ursay, what the fuck are you doing tomorrow morning at, at 56th Street uh, when you're when you're sitting down with your with your people? Well, first of all. I can give you the version of what I do because it, it, it is really short. Let's hear it. Really simple. I would call every coach, GM, medical staff into my office and then have them escorted out of the building. It's that bad, isn't it? It, it is to me. And, and listen, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. No, I wouldn't because you're not going to do that four days before football. No, game no. In the middle of the season. But at very least – at very least, I, I'm blowing a gasket and saying the only reason you have a job, the only fucking reason you have a job is because we have a game in four days. Right. And I am not fucking kidding you when I say if we don't win by 21 or more on Thursday night football, you're all fucking fired because now I'll have 10 days to get a staff in place. Yeah, because he has to be looking. That, he I, has to be. I mean, put it this way. If he doesn't do anything – Okay, let, depending on whatever, if he doesn't do anything in the offseason, people are really going to lose mad respect for him. Oh, 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 I, I agree. And, and and to be honest with you, you know, and this this kind of also answers the, the second part of the question of what I think Jim's going to do. It, what he probably will do, and, and, and I, I really don't agree with this, but I also understand it, mm. is he probably won't do anything during the season. No. He's literally, the Colts have never fired a coach. Uh, during the season, no. and that's through the three and thirteen, one and fifteen years, right? Right. They've never fired a coach during the season. Um, you know, they're not going to start with with Frank Reich. Uh, he's never fired a GM during the season. They're not going to start with Chris Ballard. Right. Uh, they might do something like fire the offensive line coach um, because that that needs to be done for one. And for two, it doesn't have a, the, the ripple across the team or the fan base that a head coach or a GM firing midseason would have. Uh, and number three, it gives them the ability to have a scapegoat, which is what Rodrigo Blankenship was made into in week one. Uh, yeah, he deserved to be cut, but like that's how they took the heat off of, of that tie with Jacksonville. Um, you, you know, like it, it's it, the business side of things. You can't you can't do what I want want them to do 
Not not in its entirety. I mean, yes, you can fire Reich and, and have an interim head coach in John Fox or Gus Bradley for the rest of the year, but that's kind of where it stops. Um, and, and that's not going to happen, not on a short week anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I have a feeling, you know, if they haven't already been pulled into Jim's office because it was a home game, um, you know, he's going to yell and scream and do the same thing that he's done every other time that he says, you know, we had a behind closed doors meeting and I'm going to give you guys another chance, you know, just give you another chance, man. I just jumped on his Twitter. I just jumped on his Twitter and his last tweet was 10 hours ago and it says Shaq Leonard will go fire up. And he's got a bunch of emojis, blah, 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 blah. And then before that, 11 hours. And a reminder, Grover Stewart's kitchen sink wings are available outside of sections 118 and 510. And I understand he's got to promote the other (laughs) shit going on in the building. And then the maniac burger of the game, uh, they're talking about these fucking, these food. Dude, and I understand he doesn't want to, like, basically get on Twitter and get in a pissing match with the fans, but he has not said anything in 10 hours, which is odd for Jim. Because normally that's that's odd. That's that's, a long time to be quiet for him. It's odd now, but it, it's not. It, it's not really odd. It's not odd recently. Two or three years ago, I would have agreed with that. Yeah, but he that's is. True. He's not. He's not been the insane tweeter that he used to be. I think he learned a couple lessons, which is good. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, I think his daughters are probably calling him saying, "Dad, shut the fuck up." You know, because yeah. he's he's made them all like executives or whatever, whatever exactly. fucking titles they have. And I think that, hopefully he has more people watching out for him to not pop yeah. off. That uh, you know that that being said. Uh, he also got on social media a couple days ago and challenged the fans to yell and scream. Yeah, it says get, get aggressive. It says, it says get angry. Yeah. No, bro, you don't have to challenge them to be angry. They're already fucking pissed off because the yeah, team's it's fucking like taken. The best fans in the, yeah. You don't have to challenge them. Like, bro, like, what do you, like, come on now. I saw that tweet too, and I'm like, dude, bring the energy, Sunday Colts fan, loud like never before. That, um, that, yeah. true, that tweet did not age well for him. No, that's, no, that's no, 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 no. Um, yeah, we need- and if it, if there are any heads that roll, like if something crazy does happen, which again, I highly doubt that it will. It's going to be because he's going to feel heat from putting those tweets out, and then here's one, you know, us like yeah, the saving the saving grace is that the score ended up closer than yeah. it really. Should Listen have. to this. Three days ago, we need every Colts fan that is at the Titan game on Sunday to understand that you, yes, you can help us beat the Titans on Sunday by being loud like never before. I mean, so loud that you help us dictate the game loud like never before. You've been challenged. What you going to do? Well, first of all, it would have been louder if you would have kept the fucking roof closed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but with, with the roof and window being open, that fucking sound has fucking escaped. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, bro. Bro. I don't know. I don't know. I just think at this point, you know, and this is kind of what I've accepted. I think Colts fans just need to buckle up. It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, I, I think there is the ability right now uh, on this very day, on this very team after four weeks, I think there's a, a, the ability to make the playoffs. I do. I think there's the ability to have a playoff run, as slim as that might be. I do. There's the ability that we go 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine again and miss the playoffs. True. There's the ability that we win two or three games this year and have a top draft pick. They're really, I really have absolutely no idea what to expect from this team right now. It's almost like playing spin um, the bottle and going, where, where is it going to land? Because I don't think yeah. anybody has professional sportscaster, broadcaster, or non that knows a direction that, that does seize the light of any one of those tunnels. Yeah. 
You're absolutely right. And, and there's there, I mean, there's, there's no sign. I mean, the, the, the only thing that you could say with any confidence is that they'll probably be three and 14, four and 13 based on what we've seen so far. I mean, right now you've had three division games and you haven't won one of them. You tied one and lost two. Uh, you're already behind the eight ball. The only, the only saving grace that this team has right now, uh, as it stands is that the AFC South is such a bad division that at one, two and one, we're still only a half a game off of the lead of the division. Jacksonville and Tennessee are both two and two. So that kind so, of helps. That kind of it takes it, it. It eases the pain from a distance, but up close, we know it's it's still broke. Here's the crazy thing, though. We've got two more division games coming up. Uh, I think they said something like five of our six division games are played in the first seven or eight weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to win those two. You have to. I mean, we talked about you know absolutely having to beat Tennessee and Jacksonville, bookending uh, Denver. Um, well, we didn't, we didn't beat Tennessee that, that Jacksonville at home game is, is it's, it's quite literally must win because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, barring some kind of crazy, absolute, you know, turnaround for this team or any team in this division, the only team that's going to make the playoffs from the AFC South is whoever wins the division. And it very well be, may be with a sub 500 record, to be honest with you, Jacksonville's the best team in the division right now, hands down. Uh, and they got beat today. Right, and I see the Broncos are third in AFC West. They have a two and two record. Um, we're third in AFC South. So, is there any, is there a chance, a chance, we could maybe uh, we could maybe take this game on Thursday? Well, if there's always a chance, um, you know, D- Denver is really interesting because obviously they had one of the noisiest acquisitions of the offseason in Russell Wilson, um, and that whole thing has been fairly disappointing for them so far. Uh, but, you know, the same thing I'll say for Matt Ryan and I said for Carson Wentz and I said for Phillip Rivers, I'll say for Russell Wilson, um, you know, and it doesn't just go for football, it goes for basketball. If you look like back at when the heat first formed, yeah. when you put a major role player or a star like Russell Wilson into a new team and a new scheme, not only that, he's going from a place that's humid and dense like Seattle to where the air is so very thin. Then in Denver, if you flap your arms, you might lift off the ground. Yeah, but you can smoke um, pot in Denver you know, too, right? This is true, right? You can't, but <laughs> not, not that that, that maybe right that, I'm now, not but. saying that'll help the game, but I mean you can smoke weed out there. So I mean there's that. That that is true. But I mean that that whole thing has been inconsistent for them. But I, I mean the way things have been going uh for the Colts right now, I, I'd say that week five is probably the week that, that whole thing wakes up. I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. I, but I, you're in Denver on a short week. You got some injuries that are starting to mount up on top of the fact that you're not playing good football anywhere aside from maybe special teams, uh, which wasn't awful but wasn't great today. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough for me. I mean, if I were putting money on it, I, I wouldn't even give a shit what the spread was. I would not take the Colts. Uh, at this point, not because, you know, I, I'm guaranteeing them to lose, but because I don't know what to expect from them. Like I said earlier, I, I mean, that week five could be the beginning of the turnaround and we could not lose a game the rest of the season. Highly unlikely, but it could happen. Right. We could finish the season 14, two and one. You never know. That, yeah, that's not, true. Probably not going to happen. That's but, true. you know, and, and it's 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 kind of interesting because both the Colts and Denver are in somewhat similar positions as far as that goes. You know, Denver's two and two, 
which is also not a great record, especially in the most competitive division in football right now. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it, it could be three nothing at the end of the game. It could be 45, 41, uh, or it could be a blowout in either direction because neither team is playing consistently on either side of the ball. But I think the safe pick, if you're betting on this one is, is Denver. All right. It's a home game too. All right. Tune into the podcast. Maybe if we can both stay awake through that game on Thursday, uh, we'll record right. it. We'll do a review. If not, I don't know. It just depends. I almost, I'm almost like when I see them lose, I'm like, well, God, you know, I'm not going to fucking bug him. We should be pissed up. But I'm like, wait, we don't, we don't want to sit there and give up on it because they're still, they're still our Colts, and and we don't want to say, yeah. well, fuck them. But I think you bring a lot of perspective in there, and the fact that Calabro threw shade for ev- for the fucking country to see. I'm really curious yeah. to see what tomorrow morning is going to look like. What Monday morning is going to look like. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Miles, thank you again for joining the Alex B podcast. You make me sound just a little bit more credible and a little bit more <laughs> professional, you know, because I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a sport. I could talk about all kinds of shit. I could talk about news. I could talk about politics. I could talk about fucking Biden asking for dead people to fucking ask them if they're in attendance at a press conference. I won't get into that. Um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things I could do, but man, sports dude, you do it like I have to say, man, you do it like no other. You you should be collaborative. You. you should be up there. You should be somewhere. You should be somewhere. So, Miles, thank you. Here's the for... problem: I couldn't be collaborative because I can't go 30 minutes on the air without saying "fuck." Oh no, so. same thing. Me did too. I, I I always said when it's a funny story when I was um I was uh this is God years ago. This is God. I don't even remember the year. My uh my aunt was in hospice, and um my cousins and I. You know, we were joking, we're goofing around, whatever. She goes, you know what? She goes, you need to have like like your own like you know comedy special you know just like just like kind of joke around i go yeah it's just because she goes i just say fuck too much but now it's almost commonplace where i don't think people are offended like they like they were 20 years ago but now the most stupidest things offend people so who the fuck knows what you could say that- right right I'm, I'm still amazed that that you were on the air as long as you were and i was on the air as long as i was with breaking a dumb and i never too. i never never ever said i came close now th- now i've had people like in the i did it one time I did it one time on the at the Shelbyville station with Don. Did you really? He asked me a question, and I went, "Oh fuck." Ooh, um, ooh, ooh, but 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 it, I mean, everybody at the station laughed it off too, and I was I was shitting balls, obviously, because I'd never uh, dropped a dumpable button, and, and Don and I didn't have dump buttons in the right. station in Shelbyville. But not right? only that, like, not only that, but probably nobody was listening anyway because the station doesn't yeah, have much fucking yeah. wattage. So, so the only thing beneficial to me was the FCC was definitely not tuning into that broadcast. Yeah, there's some guy with a fucking radio and an aluminum foil on his antenna trying to listen to you guys because I don't think that station does. Th- and I always say this because I was there's a I won't say the guy's name, but the engineer there is like just a total buffoon. I know you know what I'm talking about. And he's not there. He's not. He's there. not. He's, he's not there anymore because he's trying to run for politics or some shit. But I always thought he was. A no, he, he stopped doing that too. He's doing something else. What's he doing now? I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to check. You go on his Facebook and it has like every one. fucking job he's ever worked. Like it's like, dude, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, yeah, but he, yeah, he, he and I Facebook just didn't looking like LinkedIn. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like it's Facebook. Yeah, not I, did, fucking LinkedIn. I didn't. I didn't love him, but I didn't hate him. I learned a few things from him. No, he talks some mad shit about I mean, me when I was at the casinos and shit. He was yeah. trying to pop. No, actually, he did. He, he popped off. He he got in there when um when Caesars was taken over from Centaur. There was obviously a delay because they're getting the banks just switched over, right? And we've always gave right. them love. You know, they've always broadcast the fireworks shows. And he got on. He got on there was like talking mad shit about how they weren't prepared. It's like, look, man, it's not like you're just going to give Caesars the key. And I will defend the company at this point. You know, there's a lot of things that goes on when you transfer ownership to a casino. There's yes. there, there's 
the banks. There's a lot of regulatory stuff. And all he's doing is talking about the people waiting in line to get in and how, how, the, how the casino wasn't ready. It's like, dude, fuck off. For, you know, first of all, if you know anything about casinos, you know, and, and, and I'm sure if Melissa's listening, and, and other people, it's not that easy. You don't say, hey, man, here's the checkbook. There's a lot of other checks and balances that right. have to be done was something that intricate. It's I remember a very he, long process. And he fucking before he, and after the sale. Dude, he fucking he bashed this fucking big time man. And I remember going to our marketing people. I'm like, fuck that guy. You know, like and I was like literally, you know, you know, hi, my name is Cart. That's how he sounds in the air. It's like we got Cartman fucking trying to do a radio show. Fuck you, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should stop. Uh thanks for listening to the Alex Speed podcast. <laughs> you know where to find us. We'll do a recap probably after Thursday night's game. If we could both stay awake and we will holler at you soon, right? Ha, 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 ha.